This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 598. And the quote of the day is, everybody wants to be performing on the big stage at Coachella, but very few people want to put in the groundwork that it takes to get there. Love the process. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. And beyond, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 597, and I got a special treat for you today. So about four years ago, I came out with a course called Bigger, Better Gigs, and it was a course to help people get higher paying gigs, higher profile gigs, or just in, increase the amount of gigs that they were getting, uh, in you know whether they be local or regional or touring or whatever it was. So the course did really well. And about a year ago, the website that I built the whole course on was hacked and I lost all of the information. I lost everything. And so I was just going through my Dropbox and I found all of the audio files from those courses. And I was thinking rather than rebuilding a new site and doing all that and redoing all the videos and all of that kind of stuff, I thought, hey, this has been a crazy year. And I think that this course is really valuable uh, for anyone who's who's really looking to get more gigs, especially going into 2021 as things start to open up, hopefully. I thought it would be very valuable to share this with you. So what we're doing is we're releasing, there's four episodes of it, or there's four sessions, so to speak. And this is the first one. It's called Laying the Groundwork. Session two, which will be released on Wednesday, is called Promotion. And then session three, which will be, le- be released, excuse me, on Friday, which is called Getting the Gig. And then next Monday is session four, which is called Leverage. So I'll talk about what each one of those are in those individual episodes. So this first one, though, is laying the groundwork. It's pretty obvious, but it's about how to start laying the groundwork for for yourself to start getting these better gigs to get your things in order, get yourself situated, all of that sort of stuff. So I hope you dig this. Let me know. I'd love to hear your feedback on it. But again, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then next Monday are we're going to release all of these episodes. So this is session one, laying the groundwork. I hope you dig it. So this is session one. This is laying the groundwork. So before we get into this, um, I just want to tell you a little bit about the agenda for this evening. So the first thing I want to talk to you about is shifting your mindset because part of getting these gigs is going to be a different way of approaching things and shifting the way that you're you're looking at things, the way that you're evaluating things. And that's really important. And all the stuff that I'm that I'm talking about here, we're going to dive deep into. And then how to target the right artist to make sure not only are you targeting the right artist, but are are you targeting the the artists that are right for you, if that makes sense. And we'll talk a little bit about that uh, as we go through this. And then different approaches to gaining access to bigger artists. So there's two different ways that that I like to sort of network with people and build relationships with. And one is called the leverage approach. And then the other is the side door approach. So these are just names that I came up with just for my own, for my own, because I was always referencing them to a lot of people. So I was like, I should kind of name these things. So they're not, you know, they're not like some patented weird thing. It's just how I remember them. So it's sort of the leverage approach and what I call the side door approach. And then uh, some common mistakes that I want you to avoid and how to avoid those those common mistakes. So let's dive into shifting your mindset. So the first thing that I want you to remember is that this is the music business. And I'm an artist, you're an artist, everybody who's on this on this call tonight is an artist, but this is the music business and if you want to make a career out of doing this or you're you want to further your career whether you want to do this as a full-time thing or just get some better gigs it's a business and i don't want you to look at it i don't a lot of people look at the business side of things as sort of a negative but there there's the business side and there's the art side and if you're not making any money doing it then you got to get a day job 
or you know you can't sustain what you're doing. So it is a muse, it is a business, and you're the CEO of that business. And I'm going to need you to think like it. I'm going to need you to act like it. So there's a lot of parallels between other kind of business and and gigs because it's under the same umbrella of business. So I want you to start thinking about it like that, rather than saying, "Okay, I'm an artist." which is great. You're also, you're a creative entrepreneur. Think of it that way. And you're the CEO of that business. So you, you need to act like it. you need to think about it. You need to, you know, sort of walk, talk the talk and walk the walk. So that is shifting your mindset just to get you in the right frame of mind when, when we start to go through this. So the first thing you need to do is start with the end in mind. So now if the most common thing that I hear from people is, Okay, I want to get bigger. I want bigger gigs. I want to play with bigger name artists. Okay, who do you want to work with? How many dates do you want to be playing a year? What's your, you know, what is the, what's the goal? So you want to start with the end in mind. And I want you to be visualizing this. And this is something that, that you're going to do after, after tonight. I don't, you don't, I, you're not supposed to have, or you're not going to have, well, you may have some of them, but I, I'm not expecting you to have all the answers to all these questions while we're doing this webinar, we're going to go through this and then I want you to take it home with you and sort of digest it and start going through it. So you want to start with the end in mind of determining exactly what your goal is. So ask, you know, so write these answers down and you, like I said, you don't have to do it now, but what is your goal? Who do you want to work with? How many dates you want to be playing a year? What are some artists that you want to target? Are there venues that you want to play? Is it a certain amount of money that you want to make per year playing playing gigs? All of this stuff is important because if you don't have some sort of destination, then how do you ever know where you're going? How do you ever know how to get there? How do you ever know how to start plotting out the course of getting there? It's like, hey, I want to go. Uh, I, I want to go to someplace cool. And then just like walking out of your house and getting in your car and driving around until you find somewhere cool, the chances of that are slim to none. It's like a, you know, it's kind of like a, a ship without a captain. So you want to make sure that you have your goal, but not only do you want to have your goal, but you got to be smart about these goals. So what do I mean by smart? So this is an acronym. I did not make this up. This is a very, very old old uh, way of thinking about goals, but I want to make, most people don't apply this in the music business side of things. Most people as artists don't apply this. So the S in smart is specific. Your goals have to be specific. So I want to make $20,000 a year playing music. I want to play three nights a week. I want to play with, uh, you know, Joe Schmo from band ABC. Uh, whatever it is, it has to be specific. It's You can't say, I want to play a lot of gigs or I want to play more gigs than I'm playing now. If you're playing five gigs a month now and you step it up to six, okay, you've reached your goal. Now you're playing more than you were before. Well, no, I, I, I want to be playing more than that. Okay, well then what is it? Be specific about it because that's the only way that you can do the next thing, which is measurable. So you want your goal to be measurable. You want to be able to say, okay, I want to be you know, I want to be making 20% more, or I want to be playing 15% more, or I want to be, you know, I, you have to have some way of measuring it and just saying more or bigger names or things like that. Very generic terms are not measurable. The next thing about your goal is they have to be attainable. Now I'm the kind of guy that thinks that anything is attainable, but if you're, you know, 75, you're probably not going to get like the one direction gig. You know what I mean? So let's be realistic about it. And that's the next one. But like, it has to be some sort of attainable goal. Like I can't play in the NBA. That is not an attainable goal for me. So therefore it's not realistic. So the attainable is, can you actually get there over a, over a specific period of time? And then realistic is, is it realistic for you to get there in, in the, you know, in the range of when you want to get there. So is it, is it like, okay, I, I'm playing one gig a week with this local garage band. And by next year, you know, I want to be playing uh, with the biggest, you know, pop band in the world. 
probably not going to happen in six months or a year. So you got to be realistic about it because if not, then you're just going to end up being distraught and pissed off about it. So be realistic about it. And then also time-based. So box it in and say, okay, within the next, you know, within the next six months, I want to be playing, you know, three gigs a month or whatever your goal is. Or I want to be playing, I want to get one gig with that bass player in that band by, by January 1st of 2017, whatever it is, make sure it's time-based. So your goal has got to be specific and measurable and then make sure that they're attainable and realistic and then time-based them. So you box them in. So you give yourself a deadline because without a deadline, it can go on forever and ever and ever. And so once, once it's scheduled, it becomes real. So that is key, really, really key to, to this goal setting stuff. And this is all stuff that I want you to write down after the webinar, after, you know, you sit home and really think about this. Don't just like jot down a few thought about, you know, like quick thought, half-baked ideas and just say, okay, that's good. And move on to the next thing. I want you to really think about this because this is your career. This is what you're here for. You're, you're here to grow your career. And I want you to be, I want you to take it seriously. So the next thing is sort of targeting. So when I say it sounds kind of bad, but, but targeting, uh, the people, you know, who, who you're going to start working with. So, but there's some things you got to do before that. So first you got to ask yourself, what level are you at? Where are you in your career? Are you a local band? Are you a regional band? Or are you playing with local bands? Are you playing with regional bands? Are you playing with national bands? And really, you know, figuring out exactly where you're at and where you need to get to, because. I, I hope that you remember when we did the webinar, it was the, those building blocks that I showed. And you going, if you're going from local to regional to national to international, those are big jumps if you're going from local to national or local to international and even regional to national. So I want you to start by identifying what level you're at and be honest with yourself. Don't, like, don't let your ego get in the way. What level are you at? And then what level are the artists who you want to work with? So there may be you know, there may be seven artists that you want to work with, but they not they may not be huge international touring bands. And that's cool. That's totally fine. Whatever your goals are and whatever whatever your dreams are, are, you know, totally up to you. So whatever whatever level of the artists who you want to work with, I want you to identify those people and then figure out what level they're at. So say, okay, I want to play with Joe from band ABC. Okay. He's kind of at like a regional national level because he plays with this other band, whatever the case is, figure out what level you are and then figure out what level the artists are who you want to work with. And then this is one of the the keys is who's in between those levels. So if you find, if you're at a local level and you find somebody at a national level, there's connectors in between those two levels that you can start connecting with. And Again, this is all laying the groundwork. We're going to get into like really tactical stuff uh, a little bit farther into this and then the other sessions. But this is all laying the groundwork. This is this is making sure that you're doing the work before you just go out and try to get these gigs. So you start to identify who these people are, what levels they're at, who you want to connect with. This is all – it's almost like recon. Like you're doing a recon mission to figure out, okay, who do I really want to start connecting with rather than just going out and saying, oh, I just want to get more gigs. Let me try to, uh, uh, hey, man, do you want to give me a gig? Do you want to give me a gig? Do you want to give me a gig? Doesn't work. So figure out who is in between those levels. So the next thing, again, I want you to write all this stuff down when, when you have some time to actually sit down and think about it. But I want you to start taking inventory of yourself. So do you have the skills necessary to play with the artists that you're talking about? So you may think you're the greatest drummer in the world, but these are all realistic questions that you have to ask yourself. Do you have the skills necessary? If you do, great. That's check it off the list. If you don't, you need to work on those skills. And whether it be like, do you have the stamina? Do you have the musical vocabulary? Do you have the groove? You know, do you, can you play in that pocket? Uh, it, whatever it is, do you have the skills necessary to actually play at a higher level than you're at? Like if you're at a local level and you've only been playing for two years, there's a reason why you're at that local level. So the first thing you got to do is look at your skills and make sure that the skills are up to par. The skills thing is sort of something that we that I mentioned in the webinar that kind of goes without saying. But if you're doing this and you're laying the groundwork, let's take the inventory and make sure that you have the skills necessary. Do you know the material? 
And one of I mentioned this too, like Mel Brown, he would learn the artist's material before going and approaching the artist and talking to them about their gig. And you should, if you don't know the person's material, how could, how could you even play with this person? How would, and most people, and here's the prime example that most people say, they say, well, I'll learn the material when I get hired. And I think that's a bad attitude. I think that is not, not putting the initiative out to learn the material first and to say, I'm dedicated to this. And and it happens all the time. And sometimes people don't get gigs for it. So do you know the material? And not only do you know the material, but do you know the styles that they're playing? So if you're looking at, if you have five artists that you want to connect with, you got to know what kind of styles they're playing. If you're a rock guy and they play a lot of shuffles and you're like, man, I would love that gig. Like I want to try to land that gig. Well, if you don't know how to play shuffles, you're going to be, you're going to be up the creek without a paddle, if you know what I mean, if you don't know the styles, and you're never gonna get hired for that gig. So you gotta make sure that you know all the styles that the that the bands are playing that you wanna connect with. This is one that no, nobody ever thinks about. Do you have the proper equipment to play for those gigs? If you have a, a three-piece jazz kit and you're trying to get a, 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 you know, a gig with a big rock band, then you may not have the drum set for it. You may not have the right cymbals for the gig. You may not have two bass drums you may not have a 22 inch bass drum you may not have four snares or you know whatever whatever the uh, the proper equipment is that you need do you have all of those and these are all things that i want you to take inventory of check off you know check off the list and then do you know how to use the proper equipment for the gigs and this is sort of a crazy thing that people are like what do you mean it's drums yeah i get it well now especially higher level bands everybody's using electronics so people are using triggers people are using pads people are using um you know all all types of sequencers and playing with a click and all that kind of stuff and you got to know how to use that stuff and the you know brian fraser moore and i talked about it in in one of the sessions that we had for drummers resource pro that most people say oh i'll learn how to do that once i get the gig well, the thing is, if you can prove beforehand that you know how to use that stuff, that's one less thing that the MD has to teach you. That's one more. That's one less thing that you have to learn at tour rehearsal. Oh, let me figure out how to use this trigger. Let me let me figure out how to use this sequencer. Let me figure out how to play with this click track. Like, if you don't know how to do all those things, you're there's you can't play those gigs. So you got to put in the work beforehand, and that goes in to part of the promotion too. If you can show people, hey, this is me playing with triggers. This is me playing with a sequencer. This is me playing with with sound replacement. This is me, you know, this is me playing with a click track. This is me switching tempos and and programming tempos and things like that. So do you know how to use the proper equipment for those gigs? Now if you're trying to get bar gigs, some of this may not be may not be appropriate, you know, like maybe you don't need electronic sequencers and all that stuff for bar gigs. But if you're playing bar gigs and you're trying to get a couple steps up, you're going to know how to need to learn how to use this stuff and put the initiative out there now to learn that stuff. So that way, when the time comes, you already know how to use it. So from there, uh, once, once you're done taking all the inventory, again, I want you to write all this stuff down and I'm suggesting you take a few hours to kind of go through this when you're done. And once you answer those questions, then I want you to make a list of 10 to 15 artists that you really want to connect with and realistic, right? So when we say realistic, as I mentioned in the, in the smart goals section, 10 to 15 artists that are, I want stretch goals. And what I, what do I mean by stretch goals is I don't want you to be like, I want the sting gig and I've never done a tour in my life. I've, you know, I've never, I've never played in front of more than 20 people and I'm trying to get the sting gig by next year. 99.999% chance it's not going to happen. Sure. Is it in the realm of possibility? Mm, I'm going to say no, but technically, yes, I guess it is. So I want you to make a list of 10 to 15 artists that you want to connect with that are stretch goals that are out of your comfort zone, but not so far out of your comfort zone that there's no possible way ever in a million years that you can get that gig in six months or a year. Okay. So they got to be stretch goals. And then, and then also drill down before we start doing any of the other networking stuff and, and really start putting the ball in motion. 
I want you to drill down and look at all of those artists and see who you know or how you can connect with them. You may realize that there's somebody in that band who plays with somebody else who plays with somebody else. Boom, that's a connection. You may realize that the one guy is a brother of your girlfriend's sister. Boom, that's a connection. I don't care how you figure it out, but it's sort of the six degrees of separation thing that I guarantee you can start connecting those dots. We're going to talk about how to actually cultivate those relationships and all that stuff. We're going to talk about that later, but I want to, again, this is laying the groundwork. I want you to drill down to see who you know and how you can connect with them. This is us putting the plan together. This is us knowing what we're going after. This is us actually thinking before we act rather than just throwing everything up against the wall and seeing what sticks because that stuff doesn't typically happen. So now when we talk about connecting with people, a lot of times it's like, well, how can I get in front of them? How can I, you know, how can I get some time with them? How can I, how can I have a conversation with them? And th these are some of the things that I've done. Take a lesson with them. Wow. That's a novel idea, right? Because a lot of people get their students to sub for them anyway. So if it's a drummer, take a lesson from them. Say, hey man, you know, even if you go in there and you either learn from them or you just chat with them or whatever the case may be, you can connect if it's a drummer, I would suggest, you know, or I mean, if you play a different instrument, you can do this as well. Uh, just take a lesson with them and get to know them. Say like, that's, a, that's I, the way that I became, I'm like really good friends with Daniel Glass now, the way that I started with him, I took a lesson from him. Then I took a second one and I took a third one as we're, as I'm taking lessons, we develop a friendship. Now I don't take lessons with them anymore. Well, which I should. I don't take lessons from him anymore, and, but we hang all the time. He's one of my good buddies. He launched a podcast under my network and everything. So that all started from taking a lesson. So, or you can hire them from their for their time. Every single one of these people, unless you're trying to connect with super super high end stars, are sidemen. They're hired guns. You can call somebody and say, "Hey, how much do you charge for a lesson?" Okay, a hundred dollars. I'll pay you a hundred dollars to sit at Starbucks with me and talk for an hour. Because I need to either connect with you, I need some advice, I want to I want to get to know you, I want to get your your input on how you made it in this town that I just moved to, whatever the case may be, you can pay them for their time. So hire somebody to sit down and have a cup of coffee with them. It's a consulting thing. Say, hey man, I know you teach lessons, I'll make it worth your while. Here's a hundred bucks for your time. Go to their gigs, network with them. This is sort of sort of an easy one, uh, but just just making sure that I'm putting it out there that you can go to these people's gigs, but not only go to those gigs, you want to make an impression while you're there. So bring people with you, bring five or six people with you, network with them after the, Oh yeah, man, I love what you guys do. I actually brought five of my friends. Oh shit. That's cool. He's going to go backstage or, you know, into the kitchen if he's playing at a, at a bar and be like, Hey oh, man, did you see that guy, Steve, dude, he, he's pretty cool, man. He brought like five of his friends with him. Next time you come there, Oh dude, it's Steve. You know, you get to talking, realize you're a drummer. Things happen from there, right? You could also help them promote if you say, hey, hey, man, I really love what you guys are doing. I'd love to. This is all adding value. So you can help them promote and say, you know, next time you're coming into town, man, I would love to try to get a bunch of people out here. You get your friends to come out there. And it's just it's a small gesture. You don't have to put 100 people in the room, but just help them promote. Hey, man, anything I can do to help you guys spread the word. And I'm just looking to I'm just looking to help out. And that's all you're doing. And it's genuine. I mean, don't do it like. Don't be a, a sleazeball about it. Like if you're disingenuous about it, don't do it. And just so we're clear, all the stuff that we're talking about in this whole entire in this whole entire boot camp is all genuine. I don't want anybody to be lying or being disingenuous or being like a shyster or anything. Like I don't promote that kind of that kind of behavior. So if you're getting that out of this, please just like sign off and don't like I don't do that. Um but help them promote and, and help them, you know, you help other people and in return, they help you. This is what offered a roadie. So this is, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. So I met Stanton Moore. For those of you who don't know who Stanton Moore is, if you're a drummer, don't know who Stanton Moore is. You should look him up. He's amazing. I serendipitously met him in uh, New Orleans. I was walking through a park and he was walking the other way. And I was like, wow, that's Stanton Moore. So we got to talking. I asked him if I could take a lesson with him. 
go back to the top, take a lesson. I wanted to pay him for his time. I wanted to talk to him about the music business. I didn't want to, I didn't want to take lessons from him. He's a great drummer, but I, that's not what I was interested in at the time. I was already touring. I already had a great career, a music career. I was like, I want to talk to you more about the music business. So the lesson never ended up happening, but he did give me his email address. So I followed up with him. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you. Uh, you know, I appreciate your time. Uh, and thank you for offering to to spend some time with me for lessons. Sorry we couldn't make it work out. He was in town for a day, and I was leaving the next day or something, and it just didn't work. So a few months later, he was on tour with his trio. So when he tours with Galactic, he has a tour bus and he has a road crew. But when he's when he's on tour with his trio, they don't have a road crew because they tour in a van. And I know that because I've done van tours and I've done bus tours, so I know the difference. So I sent him an email. I said, hey, man, I heard – I see that you're uh, – do you remember me? You know, I met you in the park, whatever. And I saw that you're coming through my town with your trio, and I'm sure you guys could use some help loading in. Uh, you know, if you, need me to, if you need me to come and help you set up and break down, uh, I'd be more than happy to do that. He emails me back in 15 minutes. Hey, man, thanks so much, dude. I would, I would really appreciate you doing that for me. Cool. I'll be, he's like, can you meet me at the club at 2.30? Boom. Perfect. I get there at 2.30. Will, it's Stanton Moore, Will Blades, Will Bernard. Will Blades is there. This is kind of an odd story, but Will Blades, for some reason, didn't have deodorant. He forgot it or whatever. And I said, hey, man, I'll go get it for you. There's a CVS right down. I live around, I live around here. I know my way around. I'll go grab you some. I go grab him some, come up. Like I'm not thinking in my head, okay, I'm buying this guy deodorant. Like This is going to come back to me somehow. Just being a genuine dude. Go grab it for him. We get to talking, you know, and then it's the three of us talking. I'm talking to Will Bernard. The three of us are all hanging before the show. After the show, uh, I emailed Will Bernard. I emailed uh, Will uh, Will Blades. Will was like, hey, man, I appreciate what you did. Will Bernard, you know, just sort of like, hey, nice to meet you. Will was coming back into Philly, and we had talked about organs, and he needed someone to come in for or he needed someone to help find him an organ i got him hooked up with this guy so helped him out with that so adding value to to that relationship and then he's returned it to me on a couple different occasions and then will bernard i emailed him i said hey man you know here's a copy of my record that i was telling you about and he goes oh how did you get this i had it packaged in this in the cd in in a file that you could send and they could just download everything Uh, they click on it, it brings them to a website and they could download the files for free and he goes, oh, man, how did you package that up? I said, send me your record. I'll do that for yours as well. So he sent me his record. I did that for him. And we start to develop a dialogue. We start to develop a conversation. Next thing you know, I'm invited to his 4th of July party. I go to his 4th of July party. I'm talking to him. It's me, him, and Eric Kalb, great drummer. And he's like, oh, man, I really got to get you on some gigs. He hires me for some gigs in the city. And Eric Kalb uh, ends up on the podcast and he was like, hey, you know, I may need you to sub for me for some gigs. Now, all of that, that's a long-winded story. I, I get that. All of that came from me emailing Stanton and saying, hey, man, I'll help you load in your drums to this club. So it's a small piece of added value that can cultivate a relationship that now over time, like I can call Stanton anytime I want. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying that we've developed a relationship where we know each other. Every time he's in town, I go to the show. And I mean, we just, we have a, a great relationship now. Now in the beginning, was I like, what can I get out of this? Or, no, it's just, you're just adding value. But that's, I just wanted to tell you that story is sort of a case study of the power of putting yourself out there first and, and offering to, to add value to anyone's situation. So the things that you want to avoid and a lot of mistakes that people make, one, you don't want to come across as needy. And I get so many emails that are like, hey, man, like, I don't have any money. Can I can I get in the boot camp for free? Or, you know, hey, uh, it's really my dream to be a drummer. And like, can you do this for me? Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do this for me? And it's sort of like, well, no, I'm not going to do that because you're seeing me needy. If somebody came to me and was like, "Hey man, I'd love to I, you know, I can help you redo your website, but I don't have any money to pay for the for the boot camp. Can you let me in in exchange for helping you with your website?" Absolutely. Yeah, you added value. Let's let's totally do it. So, if you, you come across as needy, it's sort of uh it goes against the the laws of of power, 48 laws of power. I don't know if you know about that. But so you don't want to come across as needy. You don't want to be a fan. 
Because the minute that you become a fan, you automatically put yourself on a rung lower than that person. You can respect them and you can say, hey, man, I, I really love your work and things like that. But if you come off as a starstruck fan, automatically it puts your your level below theirs. So you're not seeing eye to eye anymore and they don't view you as equals. They're not going to hire you for the gig. Psychological. It's just the way that it works. So you don't want to you don't want to come off as a fan. You don't want to push too hard either. So, you know, if the person is sort of blowing you off or not getting back to you or doesn't seem interested, you don't want to constantly keep pushing, pushing and pushing. There's a difference between being persistent and being pushy. I'm persistent. Ask anybody who knows me. I'm persistent as hell because I know what I want, but I'm not pushy. I don't keep I don't keep pushing the envelope where I start to piss people off. I'm just very I'm very persistent and I'll continue to follow up and I'm always nice, but I'll continue to follow up and I'll follow up and follow up. Like I followed up with people for a year to get them on. I followed up with Aaron Spears for over a year to get him on the podcast. I've been following up with Omar Hakeem. He was scheduled to be on the podcast. It fell through. That was a year and a half ago. I still email him twice or every other week. I still email him. And one day Omar Hakeem will be on the podcast, but you don't want to push too hard. And you do not want to ask before you give first. So you always, always, always want to add the value first before you ask anything of anyone ever. Like when I first started to get or started to know Stanton Moore, for a while, I never asked him for anything. And then a buddy of mine, it was his birthday and Galactic was playing in his town. And I text Stanton. I said, hey, man, do you think you can hook him up with two tickets? And that was like after two years of just being friends and adding value to, to that relationship. So you don't want to ask before you before you give first. And you want to give as many times as possible before you ask. Like with Drummer's Resource, I gave out free content for two years before I ever charged anyone for anything, ever. And if you don't want to buy anything from me, that's cool too. Like just keep coming in and you can listen to the stuff for free or you can attend the stuff for free. I'm totally cool with that. I'm not expecting to get things in you know, in return, but, um, but you know, you, I'm always putting it out there that I want to, I want to give before I ask anybody for anything. So the new Sonar SQ1s, yeah, they're sick. They're made out of birch. And the reason why they made them out of birch is because birch has a balanced low, mid and high range. So they sound great in the studio and they also sound great live. They also have a sound sustainer system. It's a new mounting hardware and it's rubber on metal. And what that does is it completely separates the mounting hardware from the wooden shell. So you're going to get an amazing tonal quality out of these drums. They actually got that from the automotive industry. That's where they learned about this technology. Not only that, I'm a car lover, so this is super cool to me. The colors and style of legendary car classics were the inspiration for the color selection of the SQ1. So there are four matte lacquer finishes that you can choose from. So not only do they sound good, they also look good too. Check them out by going to sonar.com. I want to talk to you about something called the Pareto principle. And this is a, an old law. I'm sure that you guys have heard this before. It's, you know, the 80, 20 rule. So the 80, 20 rule is that 80% of your productivity or 80% of your results come from 20% of your efforts. And, you know, 80% of the stuff that you're doing is not, is not giving you any results at all. So let's talk about sort of the the 80 versus the 20. All right. So the 80% is the things that everyone else is doing. The 80% is going online and putting your drum video online and tagging every drum company in it. The 80% is, you know, uh, going to all these open mic nights where it's players that are below you or are hobbyists and aren't advancing their career. The 80% is uh, you know, going and playing gigs at the so like in Philly we had we had uh, places like The Fire and Grape Street and all these other places where they would put I'm sure that you guys have done this in your town too. They put 5 6 7 bands on the bill. The times are 7 730, 8 9 9:30 and there's nobody there and you don't make any money and you play for a half hour in front of an empty room. So that's not, that's doing nothing for you. 
right? So that's that's the 80%. That's another thing that is not going to do anything, especially like, you know, if if you're if you're in the beginning or the end and there's literally nobody there or you're playing in front of three people, it's totally a waste of time. Now, if there's going to be a bunch of people there, that's one thing. Or if you're doing it for experience, that's another thing. But but the 80% rule or the 80% that most people spend their time on is stuff that is never going to get you a gig. You're not going to get a gig from from sent, from tagging DW in your drum cover. You're not going to get a gig from uh, you know, you're not going to get an endorsement from tagging DW in your drum cover unless you have millions and millions of views and chances are they already know who you are anyway. So you don't need to tag them. in. So that's the 80% rule. The 20% rule or the, or the 20% that you should be working on is all of the stuff that is, that is connected to growth. So it is going, maybe you, you seek out like in Philly, there's some open mic nights where all the industry cats go. If you're going there and maybe you're the worst player in the room, that's stretching, that's stretching it. If you're, you know, if you're going to other people's gigs and networking there, that's growth. If you are learning someone else's material, if you're learning, you know, doing, doing the stuff that we talked about earlier about learning the electronics, if you're learning people's materials, learning electronics and helping them promote and you're emailing and you're cold calling, all of that stuff is growth. That's the 20% that you need to be concentrating on because that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to get your career to start picking up exponentially. For me, that's how I grew Drummer's Resource. That's how I got gigs in the past. I concentrated on things that are going to challenge my comfort zone and are going to that are going to cause me to grow. So staying in the same band for 5 years, that's 80%, not the 20%. Playing with the same people that you're always playing with and not trying to connect with other people to get these bigger gigs, that's the 80%, not the 20%. So you got to focus on everything that you do, it's it's business. We talked about this in the beginning. It's the music business. So everything that you're doing, you got to ask yourself, is this, is this helping my business or hurting my business? Or if it's not hurting your business, is it getting me closer to my goal or is it not getting me closer to my goal? And if it's not stop, it's a waste of time. So sorry to be blunt and, you know, and to be kind of upfront with that, but uh, you know, I, I don't want you guys wasting time when you're trying to get gigs because there's a lot of misconceptions about doing things and like, Oh, everybody else does that. Well, everybody else is doing that because they don't have any gigs either. So don't follow, you don't always have to follow uh, like sheep. So, so we talked about this, about the leverage technique. So let, this is a kind of a funny drawing, but uh, so if you look at it as leveraging the gig, so you have you, the small support, and then the gig, right? The gig is the big insurmountable, like the big heavy object that, that you need to move, but you, you don't need as much, you, you don't need as much to get that gig or to move the needle, so to speak, as you think. Why? Because you can use that, that small support that that's there, that's that little rock there that's helping you move that gig, big gig. That's the other musicians who are connected with the artist you want to play with or connected to someone who's connected to someone, right? So there is a Think about it like this. Have you ever heard of do you know what you know what a slipstream is or what drafting is? Does anybody know what drafting is? So I'm asking if anybody knows what it is. So if you do know you don't know what drafting is, anyone else anyone know what it is? Or what a slipstream is? No, no, no. No. Okay. So what uh I have to make this smaller to see your answers, but yes. Okay, you know what okay. Tarkington does. Okay, so what drafting is or slipstream, when you see – this is a, a funny analogy, but it, it works in this situation. So when you see geese flying and they're in a V, that's called a slipstream because the bird in front of them is creating a – is creating lift for the bird behind them, and the bird behind them has to expound less energy. Same thing in NASCAR when they're driving. I don't like NASCAR. I'm not, I don't know anything about it, but I do know that when they're driving behind each other, that's called drafting. So the person in the front, the front car is breaking all of the friction and that car behind them is going the same speed and, and using a lot less energy than the front car. So when you look at gigs, when you, if you're connecting with people who are already playing at that level, guess what? They've already broken that. They've already broken the friction. They're already in. 
So you don't need to break in yourself. You just need to break in with them. And their world is a lot smaller than Sting's world or that their world is a lot smaller than the main artists if you're if you're looking for side gigs. So connecting with them, what you'll find out is a lot of these side men, their world is pretty small and they're easy to connect with. You can hire them for a gig. You can you can work with them. You can you can network with them. These guys aren't rock stars. They don't have they don't have this this rock star mentality and they're un, and they're not approachable and they're already in. So why would you not just try to connect with them rather than trying to connect directly with the stars or try to go with all of these, you know, these like high level, high level people. So that's, you know, so you use these people to get to, to get you into the, into the circle of influence. And then you can start networking inside of there and it continuously grows from there. And then what I call the side door technique, it's the same deal as everybody go, like if there's a movie premiere, Everybody lines up at the front of the place. And what happens? Everybody tries to rush in through the front door, right? Well, that's the most crowded spot. But if you walk to the side of the building and there's a side door, chances are there's nobody there. So everybody that I've seen tries to go in through the front door when they're trying to get gigs. They try to go through the main guy in the band or the star or whatever the case may be, but that's not who's going to hire you anyway. So why are you trying to go that way? Use the side door. So you want access, you want to get access to the lower level guys that are in the band. You want to get, you want to connect with the bass player and the guitar player and, you know, the drummer that are in that, in the band rather than the star, because they're going to help you get in there. Those are the people those are the people who are going to make the decision. Those are the people who are going to recommend you. So you want to use their relationships that they already have as leverage to get you other gigs. Because once you have, once you're associated with people at that level, you're automatically at that level. It doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody says. Like if, if you are playing with, you know, uh, whatever, Jason Aldean's uh, guitar player. Guess what? Now you're in that circle of influence. Now you're at that level because you're like, oh yeah, I play, oh yeah, the, the uh, it's me and the guitar player plays in Jason Aldean's band, and this guy plays in this band, and all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, man, you're you're like you're the real deal. So your influence, uh, or you become you get into that circle of influence, and and then you start using that to get into a bigger one, and then a bigger one, and a bigger one, and extends and expands from there. So. As we said, this is like all of this is ground laying the groundwork, right? So none of this is really like the tactical stuff, but some of it are, are takeaways that you can actually put into action. Um, but the most important part is doing the work, right? So we can talk about all of this. So there's all of these steps that I just talked about, all of the homework that I talked about, right? Writing your goals, do, do the targeting exercise. Take inventory, list the 10 to 15 artists you want to work with, right? So here's what I don't want you to do. And here's what I'm scared that you're going to do. And here's what most people are going to do. They're going to skip steps one, two, three, and four. And they're going to go right to the, okay, how do I start connecting with these guys? How do I, you know, start using the side door technique? How do I start, you know, trying to find people to leverage the relationships to get these other things? That's where the breakdown is. That's sort of the communication breakdown. I want you to start here. I want you to write out your goals. I want you to do the targeting exercise. I want you to take inventory. I want you to list 10 to 15 artists that you want to work with. After you've done all that, do that this week. And then I want you to register for session two. So then we start to really get into, again, this is laying the groundwork. Next, we're going to talk about the promo. Then the third part is really networking and going out and getting the gig. Fourth part is the, you know, get it, keeping the gig, using the stuff that you have, using the, the gigs that you have, leveraging them into other gigs. But I need you all to do the homework. I need you to do one through four, write all of these answers down. You'll also get all of these PDFs so you can download them and, and all that. Uh, and, and so put the work in, don't skip the steps. There's a reason why it's set up this way, because we got to map out these goals first. Um, so, so far, does anybody have any questions?
So Anthony asked earlier, I don't know if you guys heard, but when will all this stuff – I should have all this stuff in your membership area. Uh, I should have it up there. I'm, I'll try to get it up there by tomorrow. I'll definitely have the PDFs up there and the video and the audio unless there's any technical difficulties, which I don't think there will be. Uh, then I should have it up by tomorrow. So that's all of your – that's session one, all of your all of your laying the groundwork stuff. Um, and then next week's session, session two is the promotion section, and that is Tuesday, January 28th. It has to be on a Tuesday. I have to go out of town on Wednesday, which I didn't realize. Um, so that next section, session, section sorry, is going to be Tuesday, June 28th at 7 p.m. Also, it, between now and Tuesday, if you have any questions or you have any questions for Tuesday, be sure to email them to me at nick, nick at drummersresource.com. And I will, uh, I'll answer them either beforehand or I can answer them inside of the, inside of the replay as well. So, um, uh, yeah, you're welcome, Anthony. So does anybody have any questions here about any of this laying the groundwork stuff about the, the homework that you're supposed to be doing about, uh, you know, any of the, any of the stuff that I talked about? And like I said, this is this this session's uh, probably the shortest one out of them because a lot of it is you going home, and and really figuring out all this stuff, like in terms of you know where you're at, where you want to be, all of that stuff. Anyone? No questions? Zero? That's amazing. Can I give more examples of the eight of the twenty eighty rule? Sure. Uh, so there, I can, let me give you a, I'll give you this sort of as a numbers example, and then I can give you, are you, well, let me, let me ask you this question to qualify. Uh, are you asking me what other people do that they shouldn't be doing and what people should be doing? Or are you just asking me to explain the actual rule, uh, the actual 80, 20 rule? I'm just waiting for, for Luis to answer me. Okay, what people are doing wrong. Sure. So um, a lot of it is the the sort of throw everything up against the wall and see what sticks. And there, if there's you know if there's no uh, if there's no direction and there's no purpose, everything that you're everything that you do, there should be a purpose or a goal in mind. So now, like if you're if you know some of the stuff that I mentioned of like tagging all these tagging all these instrument companies or whatever. I I would love to talk to these people and be like, what is the goal in mind? Why are you doing this? Because I think a lot of people think that some agent is going to be like, oh my god, this person's amazing, and they're going to and they're going to give them a gig or they're going to uh, you know give them an endorsement, and and it's just not the case. Um, some other things that people do wrong, like I, I mean, I mentioned the, that playing to empty rooms. I think that not constantly evaluating what bands you're playing in and sticking. I've seen people that stayed in bands for way too long, five, ten, fifteen years. That it's not gonna, it's not gonna grow your career. Uh, a lot of it is, a lot of people spend too much time trying to promote themselves on social media where but they're promoting themselves to the wrong people. So they're promoting themselves to the fans, but the fans are the people that are going to give you the gig. It's the music directors and it's the, you know, it's the talent buyers and it's the other people in the bands. So if you have a million followers on YouTube, not that I'm saying that's a bad thing because you can make money off of that, but chances are those million followers are just fans. They're not, you know, they're not, they're not, can you get seen by some? Yeah, absolutely. I'm not saying that, but using that as a way to get gigs. See, there's a there's a big difference between the drumming industry and the music industry. Two totally different things. So there's guys out there who are super famous in the drumming world, but in the music industry, nobody has any idea who they are. So when you're building your career, you're if 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 you want to be touring a touring guy or a session guy. Then you got to be concentrating on targeting the music business, not the drum business. So you'll notice guys like, you know, super high in demand guys aren't like, aren't doing all this stuff. I mean, they're doing stuff online, but they're not like, you know, check out my drum cover and all this stuff because they're, they're not in the drum business. They're in the music business and they are two totally different 
two totally different animals. Um, does that, Luis, does that help or do you want like more examples or do you have more questions about it? Or does anybody else have any questions about, uh, about any of the, anything, any of the 80, 20 rule or, or anything like that. And you'll realize that like, and you can probably look at the things that you do and realize that 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your efforts. So it's just like a business, you know, 80% of the business sales come from 20% of their products. And this is no different. This is the music business. So um, you should be concentrating on, you, sh you should be concentrating on things that are moving the needle and making progress, not just being busy to be busy. There's a friend of mine and I love him to death, but he is, he puts out uh, these live looping videos and he does like, he plays every instrument, sings and does like videos along and he puts one out every week and they take, I uh, think hour like tens of 20 or 30 hours to do these and he just puts them up on youtube and that's it and they get you know like four or five thousand views and that's all they do but they're not helping them get gigs and it's a large waste of time and to me that falls in the 80 percent that falls into things that are never going to advance his career but you know he he likes doing them so i can't argue with that but if he, i think he's doing it to advance his career which is never going to happen um, no, it's not all about the purpose. It's all about the end result. It's all about the end result. So the, so you want to spend as much time as possible. You're going to find out that as you, as you really look at this, think about how you've gotten gigs in the past or think about how you've done anything in the past. And you'll notice, like for me, I know that for drummers resource, uh, let's just say for Instagram, 80% of the people who follow Instagram or follow me on Instagram like when I post a picture of a drum kit, right? So that's like – and if I, that's only 20% of the stuff I post. And I get the most likes out of that stuff. So it's sort of all of your uh, – It's I mean I don't know what uh, what better way to explain it or describe it except that. 80% of your success comes from from 20% of your efforts. If that does that make sense? Are you still confused about it, Luis? Okay, cool. Uh, do you want to talk about, or can I talk about SMART again? And do you want us to write down for the next session? Yeah, I would like you. So let's go over that again. Where is it? Okay, so your SMART goals would be specific. Measurable, attainable, realistic, and time-based. So you want them to be specific, meaning, you know, I want to play, I'm playing two gigs a month. I want to be playing four gigs a month. Measurable is, or specific, you know, measurable is, is saying, okay, from two to four. Specific is, you know, I want to be playing X amount of gigs, not just like a random thing. Like, oh, I just want to be playing more gigs. Attainable, it has to be something that is actually doable. Uh, in the realm of possibility and then realistic can you realistically achieve that in a certain amount of time and then you put that time box around it and say okay i want to be playing six gigs a month by you know january 1st and uh but and yeah i want you to i want you to have all of this stuff not that we're necessarily like you we're not going to go over all of these as a group we can if you guys would like to do that that's perfectly fine with me but um but I want you to have these so that as we start to go through session two, three, and four, that you can refer back to these goals and say, okay, now here's, here's, you know, I've laid the groundwork. Now step two is doing this. Step three is doing this. Step four is doing this. So you definitely want to write these down. You want to have them. And, uh, and you know, if you guys want to, we can take a poll in the beginning if we want to go over our goals or not, but I definitely want you to write them down, have them, you know, read over them, know about them, all that. Yeah. I want you to do all this homework. Um, uh, what's your take on sites like Bandmix, Gigmore, and that's my gig? I have, I've never, I, I mean, to be fair, I haven't like, I, I, there was, there was websites like this years ago and these are just sort of the newer ones, um, or like the, the resurgence of that. I've never gotten a gig from any of those. I've never really connected with any of those because I think there's a lot of, 
I don't know. I think it's a way for companies to make money, and I think that you have to be gen- you have to be developing genuine relationships. Um, so, but I'm not gonna. I can't sit here and say that they're bad or good because I will be totally, you know, transparent about it. That I've never used any of those. I know what they are. I know what they do. Uh, I've used other things like, like, uh, like Harmony Central, and I think it was Harmony Central that that book gigs before. Um, so tell, so what? Tell me more about Gigmore. I'm guessing it's just you know a way for you to connect with other artists who are looking for gigs. I mean, it could be cool. It's the world of social media. You know, all social media and all that stuff wasn't around when some of these other sites were around. So uh, it could be good. I think that you're the best way that you do it is. Uh, so Eric said, yeah, you've gotten nothing out of them. I, I mean, I think that you're what you're going to find in those kinds of situations where a lot of it's guys like doing drum covers or like spamming people and trying to get trying to get their band heard. And, you know, whatever the case may be, I don't I don't. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, and you know what I'm going to do? I'm actually going to connecting musicians, bands, and industry pros. Okay. So I'm going to actually go through this and I'm going to join it and I'm going to check it out and see, uh, and see what it's all about. And I'll give you sort of a report on it when we, when we get back. It's interesting. I think the best way is to genuinely just build relationships in person though. That's just my personal opinion. Anyone else have any questions? As your network continues to grow, what's the best way to keep maintaining those relationships? For me, I always uh, – I just randomly reach out to people and I, there's no like systematic way of doing it. But I send text messages all the time. Like I text people on their birthday. Uh, you know, when, when somebody's touring, I'll retweet their stuff. When – you know, like – and you guys – if you guys follow me on Twitter or – or anywhere else, you notice that like I help promote a lot of people just because they're either friends of mine or I dig what they're into. Um, so maintaining all those relationships, like I'm, a- I actively do it though. Like I check when bands are going to be in town, and I'll email. Like when OAR comes into town, like Chris and I, the drummer, are good friends. But like he's got friends in every town. He's busy. He's on tour. So I keep an eye on when they're coming to town, and I'm like, hey man, uh, you know, you'll be in New York in in August. Let's get together while you're here and and meet up. Or who you know, I I if I'm going to a different town, I'll make sure that I'm going out there. If I if I find someone who I think would be a good fit to work with this other person, I'll connect them via email. Um, like today, prime example, Rich Redmond, a buddy of mine, just came out with new new drumsticks, so I've retweeted some of his stuff. Uh, friends of mine put out, uh, and this is just they're not even friends of mine. They just somehow they got in touch with, with me and us. And then we ended up meeting with them and, and we sort of advised for their company for a little bit. And they own a, uh, cardboard drum kit company and they make portable cardboard. They're really cool. You should check them out. It's called Obi lab. Uh, I don't have anything to do with the company, but, but, uh, but they're great people and their Kickstarter and all that stuff launched. So I spread the word about that. Uh, anytime there's clinics going on, I promote all that kind of stuff. So it's just sort of like, it's, it's just, it's constant. It's constantly just keeping those relationships fresh, fresh, but like genuinely, like I'm not retweeting somebody's thing, like hoping that they're going to call me for a gig. It's just, you just can't operate that way. You can't, it can't be transactional, man. It's, it's just gotta be, it's gotta be natural and it's gotta be true. Anything that you're getting ready to do or, or you're, you're contemplating doing, if it's not true to who you are, then don't do it. Because it's it's not a good road to go down. So, uh, Anthony said, "Thanks for the motivation, Nick. I dug the new podcast today with Eric Harlan. Awesome. And were you on the live one today, or did you just check out the the recorded Eric Harlan one? Uh, and just so you guys know, like when I started Drummers Resource, I had connections. You know, I had some connections in in the business just from touring and all that stuff. But like, I've cultivated all of these relationships just." genuinely like you know i that's how i can call the owner of dw and that's how i can call stanton Moore. and I, well stanton's a little bit different but brian fraser moore and and chris familiar all these guys like I, it's just cultivating relationships over over time um ob lab is o-b-i-l-a-b oh and, okay the recorded one yeah, yeah yeah that was uh i i released that on monday yeah it was a great man eric is the real deal he and i are gonna be working on some stuff in the future too which i'm excited about so 
Um, but yeah, that's the best way to cu- like cultivate the relationship and to keep it going is ju- I mean, and some people are really, really good at it, but you know, like, uh, when I started drummer's resource and I still do this frequently now, like people like Rich Redman, for example, he's been a sweetheart since the beginning and he's like connected me with all these people and we became better and better friends. But like in the beginning when I didn't know him that well, and he was sending people my way to do the podcast and stuff like that, I like sent him a starbucks gift card you know because i see he posts pictures at, you know getting starbucks all the time so i'm like hey man i just want to thank you for for being part of drummer's resource and helping promote what i'm doing and and, and being part of it and i and i appreciate it and that's it and like here's like a ten dollar you know starbucks gift card or whatever it's just i don't know maybe i'm just good at it i don't know but but it's something that you gotta you constantly have to do it no matter what industry you're in it doesn't matter if you're in the insurance business or if you're in the the music business like you got to cultivate relationships and then you got to keep them going all the time so i'm constantly like you know text me hey man i hope all's well i haven't talked to you in a while like you'll see me on twitter i do that all the time too just saying what's up saying you know just helping promote helping spread the word spread some good vibes uh there's a band that i'm going to see this friday how would you recommend reaching out to the drummer to see if he's available to hang out for the show so did you do the homework in steps one two three and four yet See, I want to skip those steps already. Uh, but no, realistically, um, so I would. So what level? What level band are they? So they're a national band. Uh, it depends. It depends if they're a hired gun or not. I mean, I think reaching out. I, first of all, all right. I would figure out who the drummer is. I would find see if he has a website, if he has social media, if he has any of that stuff. I would see uh, if he has. Anything where it says where he can take lessons, I would find and I would Google all the information that I can about him, find out what he likes, find out if he teaches lessons, find out, you know, all of those things depends what their tour is like. They may be coming in, you know, just in time for soundcheck, meet and greet and whatever, or what, what's the name of the band? I may even know him. I don't know. Um, so Anthony, Anthony said, Nick, living in New York city, where would you want, where would you get started? Uh, it depends. What are you, what are you trying to do? Uh, you know, like, I mean, there's a, there's a thriving jazz scene, you know, I don't know if you're, I don't know if you're, you're a jazz guy or, or what. <laughs> Play music. Uh, do you, I mean, do you have any connections here at all? Did you just move here? What's the, what's the deal? You just, you have connections or you just moved here? That was a multiple choice question or two questions. Um, Hey Todd, what's the, what's the name of the band that you're talking about? Like, so I would, yeah, I would Google, see what's going on with them. And then if you can find some information on them, some contact, it depends how big the band is, but if you can find some contact information on them and reach out to them and say, you know, I would love to take a lesson for you, or I would love to, I would love to sit down and talk to you and hear you tell your story about how you got started. People love to hear themselves talk. So you can meet up with them that way. Uh, if they're, depending on what size they are if they have road crew or not you can help them you can help them load in you can help them promote the show uh well the show is in two days so that may not work but um but i mean there's a there's a multitude give me some more information i can probably help you with it okay so the drummer is chris sutherland the artist is kim kim mitchell okay so chances are chris is probably a side man for kim so he probably has a lot of downtime touring the day, doesn't have to do the meet and greet, doesn't have to – he does sound check, but he doesn't have to do any of the press or anything like that if he's a sideman. Um, okay, yeah, he's – all right, so he's a sideman. So then I guarantee you can email him and ask him uh, – I mean he may have a packed schedule or whatever, but you can email him and say, hey, do you teach lessons? Can I meet you? What's your hourly rate? Like I would love to just meet you at Starbucks and you know pick your brain. What town, what town are you guys in? Um, Especially like if you're in like Biloxi, Mississippi, and there's not and there's nothing going on there. It's a lot easier than if you're in New York or something like that. Um, so Anthony, I, uh, so you, hold on, uh, Regina, Canada. Okay, yeah. I mean, look them up while we're while we're here, like while we're still on the phone or on the on the webinar, and see like is there a website for them or anything like that. Um, so you, Anthony, you do have connections. Okay, so what do you ask? What, what do you mean? Well, you should be good. <laughs> what I would do is I would go around to, 
I, 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 depends. You want sideman work or do you, are you trying to start your own thing? What I would do is I would find, I would create a set list of, you know, two sets and I would find other, I would find other sidemen who live in New York, contact them, tell them you want to hire them for the gig, lose money on the gig and pay them their rate and, and book a gig and try to put people in the room and then sort of rinse and repeat. And then you, they'll start hiring you for gigs. Uh, that's, that's what I would do. That's how I've always done it. And there's always like, there's not like a one size fits all thing. It, it totally all depends on like what you're trying to do. If you're trying to be a side man, if you want to start your own thing, if you're trying to, you know, if you want to start your own band, if you want to be the head guy, if you want, you know, it all depends. All right. Any more? Does anybody else have any questions before we roll? And Anthony, I know. I mean, you've been on a lot of these calls, and I and I'm I'm starting to notice you're sort of asking a lot of the same questions. So I'm guessing you're you're struggling with something. Uh, I can't figure out exactly what it is, but um, this will this whole this four session thing will definitely help. And like, if you need more, man, like just email me we can jump on a call or something like that i'll be i'll be happy to help you because i feel like you're you're sort of like struggling you gotta you're you're trying to figure some stuff out and i feel like you you may need a little just a little oomph or a little motivation or something to get you there so um sound good cool cool yeah man no doubt absolutely uh just email me i mean you have my my contact info and then uh we can, if we need to we'll jump on a call or whatever uh all right so does anybody else have any questions if not i'm gonna sign off i'm gonna eat some dinner and then get back to work so uh, anybody anybody you got 10 seconds to ask a question Luis, you're welcome brother thank you tark is that how you pronounce your name tarkington i like that uh, you're welcome, by the way. Thank you for thanks for being here. Awesome, awesome. I didn't want to be pronouncing it because you're going to be here, you know, for the next couple of weeks. So, um, okay, Ryan, you're cool. Oh, great answer. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're welcome, Ryan, or both Ryan's, I should say. Awesome, cool guys. All right, well, thank you very much. I'll see you guys next week. In the meantime, do the homework and also give me uh, or shoot me an email, Nick at drummersresource.com if uh if you have any questions or need anything in the meantime all right i'll talk to you soon peace ciao ciao all right so there you have it that was session one laying the groundwork again we are releasing another episode on wednesday another episode on friday and then another episode the following monday so Tune into all those. I'd love to hear your feedback on these. And please, this is not just for drummers. So if you think that anyone will get value out of this, please share this with them because I think there's a lot of a lot of information in there. So enjoy it. We'll see you on Wednesday. And until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me, edited by Justin Thomas, video editing by Tomas Shannon, and graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.